Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we wait on your presence. We say, come here today, Lord. Speak to us. Reveal your son. Reveal your son. Reveal your son. My soul wait in silence for God only. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My stronghold. I shall not be shaken. On God my salvation, my glory rests. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water, thus I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Father, we come here this morning to engage with you. Lord, I know you have something for every single person here today to receive. And so, Father, we prepare our hearts to hear. We prepare our postures, Lord, to hear And we come into this place hungry. You're a hungry God. You say, blessed are those who thirst for hunger. Those that are hunger, thirsting and hungering for righteousness. Lord, so we come here looking for more of you. We come into this place looking for more of you. God, you say you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So God, we come to seek you this morning. We come, to, come together as a body to be with one another, to encourage one another, and to edify one another, and to lift up our praises to you. We come into this place with a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of praise for what you want to do to my brother or my sister beside me, for the changes that you want to make. God, you're not satisfied leaving us where we are. You want us just to be on this process of transformation, to becoming more and more and more more into your image, that we could reach this world and bring and allow your kingdom to come in us and through us to define this world with your goodness, your healing, your life, your power, your victory, your living water, God. Lord, your heart is that not one single person would perish, but that every single person would come to know who you are. And you've given the church of Jesus Christ the responsibility of proclaiming your truth. And so, God, I pray that we would be a community of people authentic in our relationship with you, following, being vulnerable, being dependent and before you today, Father, and that we would be a voice of truth, declaring Jesus Christ of this world, not having to manipulate it, not having to uh, duplicate it, but just being authentic in who we are, knowing that we can be true in front of you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, just before we start, I'm going to talk this morning about the great pursuit. What does it mean to go after him? 
Because everything really is contained in him. I've said this before, but Paul preached Jesus and the Christ crucified. Everything is contained within him. Every revelation. The more you know him, the more joy you'll have. The more you know him, the more peace you'll have. The more you know him, the more you'll flow in his power, his authority. The more you know his living word, the more alive you'll become. Everything is found in him. So we pursue him. When Jesus said, come follow me, I'm going to make him to disciples. Come follow me. I want to lead you to my father. If, when I was, and I've shared this before, but you know, God said to me, he said, God, Greg, stop trying to uh, equip people so much to, to reach a lost world, but lead them to me and they'll reach a lost world. You're, you're, you're besotted with trying to get out there and, and do this thing. But if you actually lead them to me, the people of God will actually go into a world and they'll go authentically and they'll go because they'll hear my voice and it will be real and tangible. The pursuit of him. Jesus said what? The greatest commandment is to love my father with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. It's all about him. We can make it about us because we have this nature in us, but it's all about him. And you know, so often we come into this place and hear what I'm saying here, but we just, we come to receive the word, which is great but we come to receive it for us. So I want to encourage you to receive it for you so you can then go teach others. Be a person that comes in and maybe writes some notes or brings the word or on your little iPhone, you're using some things and you're putting some points down so then you can go and teach others. Every one of us has a responsibility to disciple a lost world and to disciple our brothers and sisters, amen? That's why I'm so excited about the Ignite course that we're running. It's purely set up that we could come in, seek the Father, be empowered from within, and then go and take some people with us. Jesus said, come on, let's go together. He intentionally took 12 men on a journey for three years, and it started to transform the world. So he didn't do it the way we do it. He didn't go and set up big meetings. He didn't go out and set up big crusades. He didn't go out and set all these things. No, he took 12 men. He was taking 12 men for three years. That was his strategy. And he's going to spend three years intently with these men, walking with them, discipling them, allowing the formation of Christ in them. When they were stuffing up, he would then have grace for them and say, come on, let's go again. Peter's chopping a guy's ear off. He's denying him three times. And the love of Christ was still here. Come on, man, let's go again. That's why I'm so excited. I'll say it again about this Ignite course. My hope is at the end of this 10 weeks, you know what, we'll come out with a hunger for him. A hunger for his word, a hunger to seek him and spend the time with him, and a hunger and a love for our brothers and sisters to walk with them, and then allow everything from there to flow out, reaching the lost, healing the sick, all those things, amen? And so if you're thinking about that, go see Clay afterwards at the back table there, and uh, just get into that, and just soak yourself in this environment, because that's what we're doing, just creating environments. I can't change your heart. The person beside you can't change your heart. Only the Holy Spirit. But what we can do is we can create environments and pray and hope that we place ourselves in them for transformation to occur. But if you've got your Bibles, come with me to Hebrews 11, verses 6. Hebrews 11, verses 6. You know, I just want to say I'm encouraged today to see you here. I'm just really encouraged right now by the amount of people that are here. So thank you for coming. Thank you for, for, for just um, for coming. I'm encouraged. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 11, verses 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If we're going to come to him, we must first believe that he exists. It's great. We have faith. But then it says, and it goes on, and I look at this as in a two-part thing. So we've come to God, but then it says, then he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We're going to look at what diligently seek him means. Are we comfortable with this concept of reward? Because so often I hear people, Christians, that aren't. No, no, there's no such thing as reward, but the Bible says he's a rewarder of those who seek him. It's just what are those rewards? And uh, we need to get comfortable. Moses was someone who diligently sought God. Just put yourself in Moses' shoes right now. You know, he's up, there's a burning bush, but it's not being consumed. I mean, just imagine this. You, you go out uh, in your own home, you've got a bush and it starts to burn. Hey, Mel, how you doing? <laughs> Mel's been away for two weeks. And there's this burning bush, but it's not burning up. And then you hear a voice. And what does Moses do? I would have maybe run away. Oh my, what's going on here? But no, Moses was a diligent seeker of God. Moses actually was curious. And he actually sort of come behind the bush and had a look. I want you to encourage you to be someone who steps out and into. Someone who gets vulnerable in the unknown at times. Be someone that steps out and looks behind the burning bush and then starts asking questions. Amen? A diligent seeker of God. My first thought is intimacy is the key to reward. Intimacy with the Father is the key to reward. Intimacy is the key on everything. Hearing and obeying Him. 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love Him, and it's revealed through the Spirit. The closer you are to Him, the more He reveals to you. No different to any relationship. The closer I am to my wife, the more I know about my wife. The closer I am towards my, my, uh, the, the staff, the more I know about the staff. So I have a question. What does that intimacy look like today between you and the Father? He's your Father. He's not a stranger. He's not your adoptive Father. He's your eternal Father. What does our intimacy look like? I love that word. Into me you see. Into my heart you see everything. But it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who what? Seek Him. You see, there is truth that is concealed that is revealed through intimacy. Let me say that again. There is truth that has been concealed that gets revealed through intimacy. So we may have a measure of understanding today, but there is more to come into. Way more to come into because the Bible literally says, no eye has seen, no ear has considered, no what God has in store for those who are intimate because through love, things are revealed. So God looks to reward those who come after him. That's what Proverbs 25, 2 is all about. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of a king to search it out. What happened to the man that found gold in the field? He went away, sold everything he had, and he bought the field. 
conviction, a belief, a conviction. When we see things of the Spirit, things that are revealed, it moves us to act. You see, there is a difference between belief and in a conviction. A conviction moves a person. You can believe anything and not do anything about it. But you get a biblical conviction of something, it moves you. It shifts you. The men that, that had their friend who was paralyzed, they had a conviction that Jesus could heal. And it moved them to rip the tiles in a roof. They were going to do anything they could to get their friend in front of the Christ. Why? Because they believed he could do it? No, because they had a biblical conviction of it. So it starts at belief, but then do you have a conviction of the belief? Are you with me? That's actually what Hebrews 11.1 says. That faith is the, the assurance of what we hope for, and it's the conviction of what you can't see. How do you, how do you get a conviction of something you cannot see? You see it in your heart. The eyes of your heart would be enlightened, Paul prayed. So it's a sight, but it's not physical sight. It's spiritual sight that comes through intimacy because it's revealed. That's why the Father is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And I pray and my hope is that that would be the kind of people we want to be. People that don't just sit and are happy with what we have today, but constantly going after more. Just continue, God, show me more of you. The great men and women of faith would say this, I do not know your ways. Show me more of your ways. Lead me in your statutes. But it's sought through intimacy. It don't just, doesn't just come to you if you sit there and expect it to come. Rain on me over here. No, no, God's raining over here. Am I moving to where the Father is raining or am I asking the Father to rain on me where I am? Now we must move to where the Father is reigning and then place ourselves in His environment. Amen? Listen to what 1 Corinthians 14.1 says. We are to pursue love and desire gifts. We are to pursue love, desire the gifts. I see a lot of pursuing the gifts and desiring love. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, pursue God and then desire the gifts. Can you see how subtle that can be? See, the enemy just wants to flip it on you. No, 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 go after the gifts. Go after the power. Go after the things that are attractive. Go after the things that have real stature. Oh man, you're laying hands on some people. Whoa, that's impressive. See that come. All that. Go after those things. No, go after me. And those things become a byproduct of my walk with you, which means you don't get entangled in those things. Those things don't become idols and become a God. It's me that you're grounded in, anchored in Him, and then the gifts flow. And it flows from authority under Him. That's how you get weird and wacky stuff happening in Christianity, because people chasing the gifts and not pursuing Him. Pursue Him. Amen? Pursue Him. Not these manifestations. They are of Him and they are right. I pursued Danielle not for what she could do for me or not because she was incredibly good looking or had all these gifts and talents and money, which she never had any of, 
But anyway, she had all the other, other things, but just no money. That's what I meant. But I didn't pursue her for those things. I pursued her for love. Now, some people don't pursue their partners for love. They literally pursue them for what they can get. And look what happens to those marriages. They come into it with a, what I can get, not what I'm coming to give. And that can happen to us in our relationship with him. What are you going to do for me? What am I going to get if I become a follower? Oh, I just want to do and get these things. No, I pursue her for love. Do we pursue him purely for who he is? Because he's incredible. Because he's so incredibly gracious towards me. His mercy that abounds every day. The fact that I can breathe. The fact that I have clothes to wear. The fact that I have all these things in my world. Can I just worship him for who he is? Can I pursue him because who he is? You see, power gifts or the miraculous are dangerous when they are not anchored in love. The reward comes as we diligently seek him. Just come with me to Acts 8, and I'm just going to quickly read you a story about a man who was a follower of Christ. He repented. He was baptized with water. But we're going to have a look at just some of the things that he hasn't quite this, got this truth grounded down. Acts 8 verses 9. I'm going to read it really, really quickly. Now there was a man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. There's little hints throughout this whole passage here. And they all, from smallest to greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, this man is what is called the great power of God. And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. But when they believed Philip, sorry, but when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and has he, listen, observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. He was constantly in awe. You see, these things which are of God, if they're not anchored in love, they actually can attract our lustly flesh desires. You know, oh, that's awesome. Oh, can I do that? Can I grab hold of that and start operating now? And listen what he does. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Just a side note, there's a baptism in water and baptism in the Holy Spirit. Ask yourself if you've been baptized in the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. It's for you if you haven't. So ask yourself that question. May have been baptized in water. Awesome. Are you baptized in the fire and power of the Holy Spirit? We need it as followers of Christ. For he had not fallen... Uh, sorry, for he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now listen. Now when Simon saw the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. Anyone up for that one? Mate, look at that. I used to dabble in this stuff. 
I've made a commitment to Christ. I've even been baptized, but this old nature, because it's still anchored in the gifts. I'm pursuing the gift. Look at this. Can I buy this? Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion in this matter for your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours and pray the Lord that if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven. For I see that you're in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity with just another word for lawlessness. God is a rewarder of those who seek him. As we seek him, he starts to define how we move forward. Amen? All right, let's, uh, let's go to point number two. Just a thought, thought number two is this. God rewards those who diligently seek him. I'm just repeating what the scripture says. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. One of our purposes here at The Rock, which is anchored, we have knowing him, loving others, walking together. The reason knowing him is first is because it defines everything else. Hence, all these, these environments that we're trying to build, like today, the Ignite, life groups, mountain movers, to know him. Do you realize we can know him intimately? Whether you've been a follower for two minutes, two seconds, 20 years... You can know him intimately, not just know about him, not just have a head knowledge of God, but you can know him in your heart. I remember having a conversation with a young guy here who who came up and was sort of saying all this stuff to me, and he was going on about just a whole lot of stuff, and I just asked him this very simple question. I listened to what he said, and I just said, tell me about the relationship you have with Christ. Tell me about the Christ that you know. What's he done? Who is he to you? And he looked at me and was sort of bamboozled. He said, what do you mean? He said, well, simple question. Just tell me about Jesus. You see, he'd done all this stuff, but he actually, he said, and it took him about two minutes and it was just this awkward silence. He said, you know what? I can't. I don't know him. I know about him. I've been around this whole thing 15 years, but I actually don't know him. I said, well, you can know him though. Do you want to know him more? Do you want to seek him? Do you want to diligently seek out the one that pursued you, that sent his son for you? Because there is an intimacy, guys, that we can have which will blow our minds. It will blow our minds. The times that I've sensed God in the room with me. I remember when my first marriage blew up. Christmas Day. And I didn't go back uh, home for Christmas. I was on my own. And I remember that it was literally like the Holy Spirit was just with me the whole day. I can't describe, I don't words to describe the fact that it was like, I remember going and playing pool um, with some mates in Courtney Place, and I'll catch myself doing this all the time. Give me that sense when someone's watching you. I was like lining up the shot, you know, I was, and it was like, hmm. 
It was with me the whole day. I remember my father died. And I prayed for my mum and I just prayed. She didn't know. I said, I, I pray, God, that my mum will know your presence on this day, at the day of his funeral. That she will know you. That you will just be with us so tangibly that she would experience you. And it was while we are having food and a cup of tea and stuff like that, and she's standing there and she's talking to these three ladies and they're talking with her and she just, she, they didn't know what was going on, but she felt this hand on her shoulder. And she spun around and there's nobody there. And she, you know, she, she knew what that was and friends were like, what are you doing? We're just talking to you and you just sort of turn around, it's a bit rude. She said, someone just touched me on my shoulder. I said, well, there was nobody there. God wants to be so intimate with us. Wants to just sit with us. You talk to Jeremy. Jeremy, tell you a story about him sitting on a log on a holiday and just feeling the presence of God just come. It was like, he said it was like Jesus was just sitting right beside me. He said, I was afraid to look. Just the beautiful presence of God. To seek him. Father, show me more. There is so much more to Christianity than what you know today, than what I know today. So much more. Not just for now, but for our future. Amen? Listen to what the word diligently means. Careful and persevering in carrying out tasks and duties. And the word seek means to try to find by searching. To try to find by searching. Anyone enjoy playing hide and seek? We have in our house rediscovered hide and seek. It's one of those things, eh? it's, it's like snakes and ladders. You know, Ba-doom, hit the button thing in the middle and five and you move along. It's like all these games that you played as a kid, then they disappear for a period of time, and then you have your own children. Hide and seek, it's a pretty awesome game. And, and the other day, I was like, what am I going to hide? And, and Lily's a dag. You know, Lily got count to 10, Lily. She gets to about three. Coming with you or not? <laughs> you haven't even moved out of the room. You're sort of thinking about where you're hiding, you know, or it's sort of like Madeline does this. <laughs> and uh, the other day, I remember, I was, uh, if you've been to our place, we got this sort of, you know, decent sized sort of table and these bench seats. And I was lying flat down on the bench seat uh, towards the wall. And so they, you know, Lily, she couldn't find me. She found Madeline, you know, gotcha. And in fact, they actually tell one another where they hide. It's crazy, you know, oh, I'm over here. <laughs> but anyway, they were looking for me and I'm a, a little bit naughty because sometimes I'll move my position. So if they go downstairs and I'll change position, you know, but I was just like, but they were seeking me, looking behind the curtains, looking behind the doors. I could, I, I could actually see them. It was quite funny, you know, you can sort of see, they couldn't see me. Under the, they're, they're looking for me under the couch. You've only got this much room. <laughs> but trying to find me, it took about 15 to 20 minutes. I'm trying to, because they were seeking me. You know, they were being persistent. They weren't going to give up after the first time they looked around, oh, he's not here. Oh, we'll go have a look. They look upstairs, downstairs, in the cupboards, all over the place. Persevering. Be a perseverer. Be someone that goes after him. Be a wooer of him. He sent his son. He's looking to see whether what our, our seeking is going to be like. Listen to what Colossians 3, 23 to 24 says. 
Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Man, there's a big point in there, isn't it? Do it for God, don't do it for men. How many of us do things for the approval of man? It says, do it for the Father. Knowing from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance. There's that word again. Reward. A reward of inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Matthew 16 verse 27. For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father and his angels and will then repay every man according to his deeds. You see, we have to get comfortable with the fact that there are no favorites in God's kingdom, but there is favor. Let me say that again. There are no favorite, there are no favorite people. Simon English is no better than anyone else because he's on staff at the rock. I'm not. Benny Hinn, I don't know, all these people. Bill Hybels, um, Joyce Meyer. There are no favorites, but there are people who seek relationship, diligently seek the Father, allow the transformation, who are obedient to the Father, and favor comes upon them. But it's for everybody. It's just a matter of choice. And God, the Bible says, He's returning to repay people for their deeds done here on earth. That's what the judgment seat is all about. It's a judgment of reward. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 15. And so he's coming. He's looking right now. That's why I've said a number of times what he's coming back for is people of faith. Will I find faith on the earth when I return? And it's through those who will diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of those people who diligently seek him. He shows them things that others it's for, but haven't yet possibly come into. The third and final thought is our reward is him and his purposes now and the future. See, so often we define reward by materialistic thinking, don't we? We say things like, I'm going to have a big house in heaven and you can live in my garage. <laughs> well, thanks very much. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that. It's very materialistic or it's physical. We look at it like it's trophies, it's, it's medals. You know, uh, God's going to bless me abundantly with, with finances galore and all these things. And I'm, look, I'm not against that. I believe in, in that when it's anchored in Him, when it's defined by Him, when the motive is pure. But, you know, the reality is we've got people teaching, you know, but if you tithe, you, will, will, you, you know, you, you do this, you do that, this will all happen and feed my this and feed my that and you'll be blessed. And, and so we do these things because we just expect some sort of reward that's materialistic. Now, the Bible says, you know, I'm looking at the heart of the motive behind everything. But the true reward that the Bible is speaking of is him. It's Him and knowing Him and coming into the fullness of what He's already written down for us to come into. So the gold that you receive that's been refined in the fire, it's more of Him. It's knowing Him at a level that creates such a change in you and a transformation in you that you want to lay your life down and live for Him. He is the groom. He is the inheritance. 
the more you know Him, the more you'll know who you are. The more whole you'll become. The more joy you'll have. Because there's a lot of Christians with a lot of money and all those material things. But you know what? They're still as miserable as everybody else. Why? Because it's about knowing our King and knowing Him intimately. And if we will seek Him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, He will reward us with more of Him. And more of Him means more completeness, more wholeness. That's why when Jesus said, I've come to set you free, it's I've come to set you free and I'm freeing you. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not completely free from the stuff that holds me. I'm free from a place called hell. I'm free from a place of, of internal damnation, but I'm coming more and more into freedom. The stuff that I've struggled with that has a hold that the enemy tries to come and play with me and, and try to get me to continue all those things, there's still a reality that I'm overcoming and getting victory in, so I'm free, but I'm coming into freedom. And the more I know him, the greater the freedom I am, the more the living water can come out of me, the more I'm going to refresh others, the more others will come to me as a resource that refreshes. And God just continues to release more and more and more. There is no lack in the kingdom. There is no lack of resource, whether that's joy, hope, patience, kindness, gentleness, finances, all those things. He is an abundant resource bank. And he says, if you seek me diligently, I will reward you in ways that you have not yet experienced. And you will come alive like you do not yet know today. And the offer is on the table for every single person. And I hope that we're going to grab hold of it more and more as we go forward. Listen to what Paul says. He says, I pray that the eyes of your hearts, this is in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, the eyes of your hearts would be enlightened so that you would know three things. Okay? He actually prays that the eyes of your heart, the place where true spiritual sight comes, understanding starts is here. So often we try and understand it here and hope it drops here, but the Bible says it comes here and it goes here. See, everything is opposite in the kingdom. The world says understand in your intellect and you hope it drops to your heart. The kingdom says understand in your heart and it comes to your mind because it's now renewed through the Spirit. So he says that the eyes of your heart, the place of receiving revelation, the place where true sight comes, he says this, you will know these three things. Do you hear what I'm saying? You will know them. Okay, number one, what is the hope of his calling? Number two, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance are. And number three, what the surpassing greatness of his power is. I pray the eyes of your hearts would be enlightened so you will know what the hope of his calling is, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance are, and what the surpassing greatness of his power is. I said this a few weeks ago, 39 million copies of Purpose Driven Life sold. Highest second rated book beside the Bible of copies, which means 39 million Christians do not know their purpose. I'm not knocking the book, but I'm asking the question. Because it says here that the eyes of your hearts are enlightened. You'll know that stuff. You'll be coming in a greater reality of the purposes God has for you as his church, as his son, as his daughter. Yeah? Which requires us to what? 
diligently seek Him. Don't be just someone that's passive. Christianity is about coming to a building, going home, coming to a building. No, it's a start, but someone who's actively pursuing the Father 24-7. Someone who's actively saying, Father, I want to sit with you today. Monday morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, at midnight. God wakes you up at 2 in the morning, says, get up and, and talk with me. Don't go back to sleep. Get up and go wrap a blanket and start talking to him. He's probably got something he wants to say to you. He's probably got some gold, some nuggets he's about to reveal, but is your flesh going to uh, dictate that? No, I want to go back to sleep. 24-7. If you hang out in the closet, hang out in the closet. If you're on the beach, if you're surfing, if you're flying in this, wherever it is, ask the question. Because God wants to bring us, guys, as sons. He wants to build a kingdom that you go, I've got that. I know this hope of the calling. My goodness, this thing I'm moving towards. Many are called, but few are chosen. True reward is knowing God and his plans, which are now and the future, and aligning my life to it now, which requires an active pursuit of him. And we can just have the, the band up there, that'd be great. A true reward is knowing God and his plans, which are now, right now. We have to know it now. God has given us the Holy Spirit and his word to come into reality now and in the future and aligning my life to it which requires an active pursuit of him an active pursuit of him I pursued Danielle it was active let me tell you about that I've said this before she was a hard fish to catch Took me about two and a half years to land that fish. <laughs> but I pursued her. I still pursue her. I still do things for her because I love her. I still think about doing these things. Spent time thinking about it. Spent resource. Spent finances. Created environments. It's no different. Are we doing those things for the one we love? Are we taking the time? Are we making the time? Sometimes, you know what, you've got to discipline yourself if the feeling's not there. You've got to say, you know what, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to make it happen. And then pray for desire. Don't stay in discipline your whole life because I believe it's the lowest form of discipleship. God wants desire coming from your heart for him. And I believe it will happen because God's faithful to perform on his word. God sees the heart. He sees the discipline. He sees the acknowledgement. He sees the obedience. Look, you guys are here today. It's awesome. A step of obedience that we've all taken. He sees that and he'll acknowledge that. So I want to encourage you with that. Father, you're good. And I thank you, Lord, that you are a rewarder of those who seek you. You say we must have faith to come to you. And I thank you that most people, maybe everyone in this room, will have activated that to come to you. 
But Lord, I pray that that is step one and that we would now become, if we're not, active, diligently seeking the Father. That we would move past the cross. That we would move past what you did on the cross and then embrace and engage with what you want to show us. Because there is so much of the kingdom and the influence and the impact you want to do in us firstly and then through us as individuals, but more importantly, as a body, as the body of Christ here, you're drawing people called The Rock and other communities around the city and this nation. Lord, that we would literally have an impact of 400, 500 people because when 500 people come together with one mind, one purpose, one spirit, one love, and allow the work to be done in our hearts, then, Lord, we radiate. If 400 people radiating God's love compared to one, it's just a level of brightness, Lord, that a world would look at. And so, God, today, just help us, strengthen us. I pray we would make an active choice of our own will to diligently seek you. As we move into this time now of worship, Father, just lifting up, continuing in worship, I pray that we take a step out. Maybe be vulnerable, a place we haven't been before. And so Holy Spirit, as people do that, I pray, Lord, that you would show them, enlarge what you've already shown them, and wash us in the power of your word. Wash us in the power of your son. Wash us in your life. Thank you, Lord.